This is the Horse Radio Network. What a beautiful day for horses in the morning. Good Tuesday morning, everybody. I am Glenn Geek in Ocala, Florida. And I'm Emily Wood from Wellington, Florida, and you're listening to a special jumping edition of Horses in the Morning on Horse Radio Network for July 3rd, right? It's the yeah, 3rd. it's the 3rd, yep. Episode 1966 brought to you today by Esequestrian. Good morning, Horse World. Oh my God. Yeah. It's Tuesday. It's top-class show jumping uh, at the very best. Every horse is different, and you've got to be able to understand and read each different horse. Remember, we're looking for those clears in this round to go forward to the jump off. You can't ask for anything more. It's just pure theatre. Well, that's right. We're back. And Emily's back. Hi, Emily. Yay. I'm so happy to be back. I missed you all. It's good to be back. You sound great today. Oh, thank you. I'm feeling a lot better. You know, I've been taking a little bit of downtime, had to kind of pump the brakes and the heat, and I had the cruise. That's right. You went on a cruise, too. We're all big cruisers now. I know. Every time I look on Facebook, I'm like, shoot, they're going on a cruise, too. (laughs) We're all going on cruises. I want to go on another one. Well, we're looking at what the Horse Lovers Cruise is going to be for next year, so you're just going to have to join us. I think everybody would love to have you there. I know. I want to go so bad. Make it not during circuit. Okay, yeah. I think we're looking at uh, April or May next year. So (laughs) Perfect. That'll be perfect for you to join us. We're doing that just for you, Emily. I know, really. I can't wait. (laughs) I mean, it's so much fun, though. It is fun. I haven't been on one since I was a little kid. That was just the best. Well, Jennifer, we have to go to her right away because we have so many guests. She has to start calling them. Um, But what's coming up on today's show, Jennifer? Well, coming up on today's show, it's all about Hippico. And what does Hippico mean, you ask? We're going to find out. And we're going to find out with lots of guests. Guy McKelvin, Brian Gonzalez. And Shanoa McElvain are all going to join us and tell us about the Hippico event in New Mexico. And then rounding things out, Happy Cumley is going to stop by. She's a professional writer. And, of course, we're going to answer questions from listeners at the tail end of the show. So stay tuned for the fray, folks. Thank you very much, Jennifer. And while she gets to work on that, we had a, I know we had a lot of auditors and listeners wanting to know how you are. And uh, just for new listeners, we have a lot of those too. Um, Emily's, uh, Emily's fallen off a couple times. She trains these crazy babies uh, to jump and she's hit to deck a few times and whacked her head a few more times than she probably should have. So you, you have post-concussion syndrome um, and... Uh, I have been dealing with that for a long time. And that's why occasionally you can't be on just because it's tough. Yeah. Yeah, I know for sure. It's been, gosh, I guess a little over a year now. And I did have some concussions when I was younger. Um, and then this last one, I got uh, headbutted, which you don't think about happening. But it's serious. Broke my helmet um, with a, you know, spooky baby, whatever you know, kind of a freak thing. Can't really blame the horse, but he was quite green. But yeah, no, that that was serious. I had no uh, real appreciation of it uh, until really going through it and the whole year. And um, 
I was so much better. You know, I didn't ride for months. I was in bad, bad shape. You know, the neurologist didn't let me ride and uh, I took my time and, and really was careful. And then I was great over, <clears throat> excuse me, over the winter. <clears throat> um, I mean, I was riding like 16, 17 horses a day going crazy. Thank God, you know, I was able to keep up during circuit when everything was wild down here in Wellington. And then, man, they told me I was going to be sensitive to the heat. And I'm assuming that will continue to get better. But when it started to get hot down here, I was like, whoa. I mean, just all the symptoms, not feeling well, you know, dizzy, all of it. So it, it's good. I'm, I'm really fortunate with the, with the different accounts that I ride for. Um, I ride for professionals, all sales horses and development horses. And so everyone was able to work with me. Uh, thank God, because, you know, something like that. Well, you know, with your with your limes, I mean, you you dip out, you know, you lose your job. You can't keep productive. And uh, so I've been really fortunate, but I'm feeling better. Um, the cruise was awesome because I could just chill out for five days and my phone shut off. Who knew? There's no, absolutely no service <laughs> nope. in Cuba. I thank God I left my checks and credit cards, vet numbers, you know, <laughs> it's like, I hope they're doing okay, ordering hay and carrying on. Uh, but I, I needed it, you know, just to reset before all this heat it is hot down here. I mean, obviously. Well, yeah, it's South funny. Florida. We're talking about an event called Hippico and, and that's in New Mexico. You were in Cuba, so we'll stay on the Spanish theme. I got I don't know what was it like so cool it's so beautiful down there it's just so rich in culture and also just so strange because they it, it really is like stepping in a time machine with the trade tariffs and whatnot i mean the cars all the cars are from like you know the gosh i can't remember the exact date but it's like the 50s um the i don't think they even had a cell you could have a cell phone or so until like 2007 or something like this. So like, it's really, there's a lot of talk about being able to have Wi-Fi and service and cell service. And like, we're like buying packages and getting, buying phone cards, like old school, just, it was not, uh, it, it didn't happen. <laughs> Did you remember but, how to do that? It was like, <laughs> yeah, I know. I was like, this is wild, but it was really cool though, too, because it wasn't like just like one little area, like, that was how it was. Like you literally just stepped off into a time machine, but you know, people were engaging. Amazing. It's so good. Yeah. Really. Cuban food is awesome. We ate out a few times. I actually went to Tropicana club. My mom and I signed up for that excursion, which like started at like 10 PM. <laughs> so we were like, <laughs> I'm like, mom, like, what'd you do to us? We were out there so laid out and, you know, somewhere outside Havana, but that was lots of fun. It was such an experience. I would absolutely go back with more time. Well, how uh, does the we people treat Americans? How did they treat Americans? Really uh, engaging. People are really nice, uh, very helpful. Um, it, I, I was pretty pleased, you know, with it all. Because I, I was getting around can be a bit of a chore with uh, road signs and, and things. <laughs> well, like, I think they, like, um, implemented a uh, travel warning, like, right as we, like, left uh, Port St. Lucie for Cuba because something happened, I don't know, with the embassy. And yeah. Anyways, so, like, okay, well, this is going to be awkward. But it was not that. Everybody was super helpful. Um, there's all kinds of horse horse carriages and you know, bike sort of rickshaw things. And, uh, there's so many cars. They're like famous for those older cars and mm -hmm. people just push them and, and make them nice and cool and, and, and keep them refurbished, which is so neat too. You just see one after another. It's like the living at a fifties and sixties. Yeah. 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 It's like really wild. You're like, wow. Okay. This isn't just a few like this is like the taxi stand was like 15, you know, 
like Chevy Impalas and like old, <laughs> old, like crazy. You mean cars I drive. bought when I was when new when I was uh, first learning yeah. to drive. That's and what I, you're guess, I don't about. know. Maybe some of those are traditional colors, like for those cars <laughs> that year. I don't know, but everything just seemed crazy and wild. And I was like, "This is awesome!" And my phone doesn't work. Like I'm never leaving. They don't even know where I am. <laughs> How about the horses? Were they in good shape, or that you had a mixture? Yeah. I didn't see any, uh, you know, sport horses. I saw, you know, carriage horses horses. and, uh, not good. Yeah. I mean, yeah, the pictures I've seen are not good. (laughs) Let me tell you that (laughs) they're, they're going and they're small, you know, there, I was surprised. I saw an Appaloosa. I didn't get my phone out quick enough, but there was a little appy running down the, the road, but they just, you know, haul ass there through traffic like through the buses you're like all right you know like <laughs> these are horses i guess these are real carriage horses small and quick like scooter really <laughs> how uh how long were you at were you in uh havana we were there sort of like two days two but days? we kind of okay. like yeah kind of i think yeah about two days yeah so you did an overnight there that's unusual actually for cruise ships to stay overnight anywhere so it's uh, very unusual yeah, we stayed over. Yeah, we did stay over, but then we left like early in the morning. Um, so we had to be back on the boat. I can't remember, got but it. yeah, some people did stay out really late. I mean, we got back at two, and I was like, "Good lord, like this is too much." <laughs> and uh, but but the boat wasn't. You didn't have to be until like six or something. People were like out. I don't know what all they were doing. Well, but <laughs> that's one of the uh, actually Havana is one of the stops we're looking at for the horse lovers cruise next year. So you're going to have to come along and be our tour guide. Seriously. Yeah. My, my, one of my uncles, like during the free time, like got off the boat and was like wandering around and ended up like meeting a really nice family. And they were like cooking food in their home. Uh, you know, oh, he ended up in their like, house. <laughs> yeah. And so he ended up having the, he, they, he, I don't know what very small amount of money he paid and they made him a plate and he hung out and it was so funny. It was just so interesting. It was very accessible, you know, because there's not all the technology either it, it was cool we should definitely do cuba let's do it but let's not fall off the boat like the um the other guy yeah, the cruise out <laughs> yeah, you had another one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah the other norwegian ship <laughs> all right where we're gonna get to our first guests here i think they're ready so we have guy and brian coming on with us who started a horse show in new mexico and it's not some place that we normally think about when we think about a jumper show But they have added a lot. The reason we wanted to highlight it today is one of the things Emily and I have talked about for years on this show and other shows is that horse shows to attract a mainstream audience have to do more things that are more fun. They have to do, they have to think outside the box and they have to do some more fun things to attract a general audience other than just horses, uh, you know, that involve the horses, but in a fun way. And I think racetracks are starting to do that. Everybody's starting to recognize that in order to attract that mainstream audience, we have to start doing some other things. And this horse show called the Hippico Santa Fe is doing that. And we have Guy and Brian on. Good morning, guys. Good morning. Good morning, sir. So, uh, first of all, we were we were discussing before the show what Hippico means. And doesn't it mean like horse or equestrian or something? Who wants to answer that one? Well, well, this, this is Guy. Okay. Guy McElvain. And the name comes, you know, it's a Latin-based name, maybe even Greek-based for the Hippodrome. And a lot of column equestrian country clubs 
usually in in uh, Hispanic countries, like well, for instance, when we, uh, my wife and I, traveled to Argentina one time, we went to the Ipico uh, Buenos Aires, which is the kind of like the equestrian country club in Buenos Aires, and gave us this idea of kind of the atmosphere that we wanted to build in Santa Fe. Um, not to mention that it's obviously we have a lot of Hispanic and uh, Latin influence as well as Native American influence in Santa Fe, and so that it, we thought it fit pretty well. Um, but typically at an Ipico and say it's in Mexico, there's lots in Mexico too. There's actually another Ipico Santa Fe in Mexico, but that might be where if you were an equestrian, you could go there, you keep your horse there, you go to competitions there, you go there and eat breakfast, you go there and eat dinner, hang out with your friends. There might even be a swimming pool, that kind of thing. Got it. All right, Emily, you were right. I owe you five minutes. I was, I was going to say, I don't want to <laughs> rub it in, but there was a big debate, and then we Googled it, and then we thought we answered it, but I beat out Google. Say. <laughs> All right, I just, guys. I seen that. So, I didn't know what it meant, though, but we it out. <laughs> so how did this show come about? How did, you, how did this start? Um, I'll, well, I'll take this one. This is Brian. Yep. Um, so Guy and I, in the early 2000s, went to Las Vegas, Nevada, uh, to the World Cup. And, um, you know, we're watching these magnificent horses. And uh, I, to be honest with you, I, I think we drank too much beer because we came up with the idea of bringing a Grand Prix show to New Mexico, which had not been done before. So in 2004, on this same property, we held the very first uh, Grand Prix show jumping event. And uh, we were here for about three years, and we moved to another property for three years. The recession hit in 2009. This property actually went under uh, receivership, and so it took us about five years to talk uh, the bank into, uh, what the hell are you doing trying to run an equestrian facility? So by 2015, we purchased the property, which <laughs> had been run down to the point that I don't think it had a light bulb that worked on the entire place, <laughs> Great. and uh, started to rebuild. What well, what a chore! Did you guys imagine the amount of work? I know how much work it took. Did you guys I'm just imagine looking at the picture? I <laughs> yeah. can imagine it's yeah. big. It's really big. <laughs> no, it's going to be a lot I remember, of work. I remember Guy telling me how easy it was going to be, and all we had to do is sit back in the rocking chair and watch it all happen. <laughs> oh, misrepresentation! <laughs> Guy lied. How, um, how big is that <laughs> complex? It's I don't see. Uh, maybe I'm missing it here, but actually, how big is the complex? It's a, it's, yeah, it's 137 acres, and um, we've got about 35 acres in grass, which we also run polo. Uh, in fact, it's going on uh, as we speak. And then um, we've got a couple of permanent barns. We've got a total of 628 stalls on the property Whoa. and a little bit of room to grow. Wow, that's amazing. Have you been able to get, I know you do, obviously you do the jumper circuit, which we're going to talk about today, um, and you do polo and things like that. Have you ever been able to get interaction from the community? Has the community come out to support it? Of course. I was, they um, they really enjoy the show. And that's, you know, one thing about Santa Fe, I'll say, you were, as you're leading, you said, you know, you had to be creative. Um Really, another reason we started that is you know, we go to, I mean, I, I'm on the show jumping circuit and did it for the last 35 years. But traditionally, you would go to wherever the facilities were, which ne weren't necessarily where you wanted to go, you know, as a, as a show vacation, as some of our people call it. Um, 
So, you know, you'd go to, we'd go to Tulsa, Oklahoma or Sacramento or, you know, places like that. And not necessarily places you, you know, that are not fun to visit, but Santa Fe is a tourist town. And so we get a, that's, you know, a lot of people want to come to the horse show because they want to visit Santa Fe. Um, but also the people in Santa Fe are looking for things to do. So I, you know, we have a, a, a lot of support from the town. We actually draw quite a, quite a large crowd. They love the VIP area, plus that, but they also love just to come out and watch the horses and bring their chairs and their picnic lunch. And they enjoy that part. And we, we've also worked very hard on, you know, garnering the support of the local community. We do a lot of community horse shows that are non-rated horse shows. They're very inexpensive. We have schooling days where people can come out. We're working on organized trail rides where people can come out. And some of the local clubs, like the endurance rides, they come out and use the facility. We've had um, Western clinics out there, and we've had um, ropings, et cetera. Wow. Yeah, to add to that, um, something that's very important to Guy and I, and granted, you know, you have the VIP tent and you have people that are sponsoring the show, et cetera, is that from the very beginning, and as long as Guy and I are involved, uh, we want this event to be free to the public. If you can imagine, you know, doing, pulling this kind of an event off in New Mexico, um, you know, a lot of these people have no idea what we're doing. And so it is that much more fun for them to have their eyes opened up to something incredibly special, and we want that to be something that's free, something that they can enjoy without have being forced to, you know, cough up a bunch of dollars. Now, you guys are also doing, you know, I said at the beginning about doing the other things. I know you're doing uh, some events, uh, you, you, wiener races, and you get in the arts yeah. and culture and different shows there. And, uh, you know, I'm sure that's evolved over time, but have those been a huge draw? Well, the wiener dog races are probably the most popular thing we do. I bet. <laughs> <laughs> they, are, they, they sort of started because... Um, our managers for the past three or four years, I guess since the beginning, you know, Sparrowhawk, they, they, they owned uh, Dachshund. And, of course, my family and my wife and my daughter, they, they breed Dachshunds. And we started out breeding Jack Russells, and then we sort of switched to half Jack Russells, half wiener dogs that we call Jack Wieners, and which are about the fastest, by the way. Don't tell anybody that's a <clears throat> trade secret. I guess I just blew that on the radio. <laughs> Anything I, I Jack is fast. I, I was, <laughs> yeah, I was fortunate enough last year um, with all the weeder dogs. So we we basically set up, um, you know, a, a, a release where they all get put into their little box, and then uh, the door gets shut, doors open, and then you see all the weeder dogs run out. Last year, I was fortunate enough to be able to enter my 125 pound uh, American Bulldog. And boy, that was a sight. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's so funny. Those little guys are fast, though. I don't know. They might have still won against the Bulldog. That's funny. So that's awesome. You guys have all different events for spectators, drawing the crowd, which is such, like we're, Glenn and I were saying earlier, earlier, the point. I mean, that's where our sport has to go with all of the different shows that are happening. You all are doing it. I mean, tell us a little bit about what the show looks like. What kind of classes are you offering right now and kind of where are you where do you see it going what are we, de are we developing to well we have we have your traditional hunter jumper classes you know uh, everything from the baby green hunters to we have a hunter derby every week 
<clears throat> we do an international derby. Um, I think that's week two. Is that right, Brian? I'm, I'm not sure, but without the prize list in front of me, which I should have. Sorry about that. And we do um, we do a lot of hunters on the grass, which is uh, it's kind of unique. So most hunter rings, you know, they're just jumping around on the synthetic or the sand footing. We do one week with uh, all the rated hunters out on a big grass derby field, which is also pretty unique for New Mexico, you know, to have a, a big grass field is very, very unique for the Southwest. You don't get that too many places. We do a lot of fun classes. Like you mentioned, we do a, a ride and drive. We also have a, an all-in-one Grand Prix um, every week, which is run at a meter 10, meter 20, meter 30, and a meter 40. And as you jump, if you're jumping higher, you get uh, a time handicap. You get a half a second for every um, for every 10 centimeters. So you you can jump, and if you're clean, you can go and jump off just uh, actually two seconds slower than the meter 10s. gives you some advantage. Um, and we do that with a 50% add back, so half the entry goes back to the prize money. We start out with a set amount of prize money, and then we can add to it the more people enter it. That's a very popular class. We do... Uh, well, the ride and drive is also very unique. We get professional drivers and real, well, one of our sponsors is uh, Sandia and Santa Fe Mini Cooper and BMW, and they always provide little Mini Coopers, and we set up a pretty technical course in the sand ring and put a professional driver in there. Then the rider um, jumps the course, runs through the VIP tent, does an obstacle course, a whole bunch of fun things, whether it's pool shot, golf shot, um, obstacle course tires something like that and then they they then they get in the car and it's the combined time of those three events that's the winner so that's pretty unique and a lot of fun and we do a pro-am uh, class for the hunter derby um so you take your pro and your amateur and you compete as a team and this year for the first year we're doing a sister city competition with san miguel de allende there's another horse show down there um so we'll have a team from San Miguel and we'll have a team from Santa Fe and they will compete similar to the all-in-one Grand Prix at a meter 10, meter 20, meter 30, and meter 40 as sort of a match between. So the two meter 10s compete against each other and the two meter 20s compete against each other. And if you win your match, you get a point. And then <clears throat> if, uh, if one team is winning um, <clears throat> or has the lead going to the meter 40 riders and the meter 40 rider is a double or nothing. Um, so try to set it up to have a tie so we can have a jump off. And so things like that. That's so fun. I mean, I'm looking at your list and you all can check it out online to, uh, Hippico Santa Fe, uh, .com, right. Uh, is, is the yep, full website the here. Yep. Yeah. And you can see, I mean, it's really, really cool. All kinds of different classes for spectators. You can check it out. And then all your a circuit competition with top riders coming. I mean, I'm looking at the photo of the, of the venue and I see the grass field you're talking about. I mean, how cool, because you really don't have that experience. It's quite unique. I've heard of the shows, you know, here and there. And I hadn't, I was excited to have you all on and really get the behind the scenes and get more comfortable with what's going on and what's growing out there, because it seems like it's going to be a destination for people, a fun place. You can get good show jumping in um and to have all those those different events for the spectators is it's crucial you can't do it without i am just curious guy your background i read a little bit of your bio you are into the breeding your family does a holsteiner breeding um that's right uh, and and dressage as well and jumping a little bit of everything yeah. i, I which your mother yeah she yeah, she's the breeder correct 
Yeah, she was the she started breeding Holsteiners in 1980, <clears throat> and we brought some of the first Holsteiners over. Well, we didn't bring them over. I guess they were brought over by a guy named Emil Young who who moved to uh, to Lexington, Virginia, and he um, brought with him all the styling candidates from that year that and he bought a bunch of them from the whole center of Rubon and he started this whole center organization. So we bought uh, a stallion and a couple of mares from him back in 1980. And so we've been breeding whole centers ever since. And my mother was, uh, did all disciplines as well, but she en- sort of ended her career training under Nuno Oliveira, who was a classical dressage master trainer. And so that's kind of how we put the foundation on all of our horses. And in fact, this year we're going to auction off um, four horses in an auction during the horse show. And wow. It's also open to anybody else that wants to put their horses in. But we're we're developing four young horses to to put in the auction. There you go, so Emily. That's, nice ex- to- <laughs> <laughs> That's yeah, exciting. I mean, it reason. seems like it's really growing. And I was just curious because with your background, having all of those different platforms uh, to then take this next step. Uh, I mean, it's a big, it's a, it's a big step, but you have all of the, the tools, you know, all of the background with the breeding and your, yourself competing out on the A circuit Grand Prix level to really just keep moving it forward. You've got all the, the pieces covered. It's exciting. I'd love to come out and see it. I'd love to see the auction. It, it'll be during one of the circuits this next year. You think? Yes, it, it's going to be week three. We're going to do it on, well, we have a, we have a sales class on Wednesdays on week two and week three, and then. On Sunday, or um, I guess Saturday night, I think it's after the ride and drive, uh, we're going to auction those the horses off. Can, but they'll be available the whole time for people to try and to watch, and we'll be showing them. Can I ask, Guy, what, for the non-jumpers in the wor- uh, world, is the sales class what we think it is? All the horses in the class are up for sale? Exactly. Okay. And, it, and it's, not a, it's not part of the horse show, so um, even if you... If you're from the area and you have a sales horse that's not even entered in the horse show, but you want to show it to everybody that's there, you can bring it and um, and ride it around. We'll just set like a, a course that's sort of half hunter, half jumper. Um, course designers are pretty clever that way. You, sometimes they set up so you can jump, make up your own course, jump the jumps both directions, kind of do what you want. Have uh, somebody come up and and we'll have a, a little party, you know, serve dinner and and then have a PA available for somebody to tell either the announcer or they can come up themselves and, and, and tell the crowd about their horse. And it was very popular last year. What a great idea. So we decided to add yeah. the auction this year. Absolutely. Yeah. Anything to get, get, you know, just all different facets of it, not just, uh, you know, venue where you come and you pay whatever much money and ride around in a few circles and, and that's it. I mean, right. and, and especially if there's going to be more more weeks and you can really grab a community that wants to stay, it sounds like you have the, the size facility that you can handle that and encourage people to make a little bit of a season out of it. Okay, I have a question, though. Uh, you know, it's, <laughs> it's hot everywhere right now, but is it hot, hot there in the summer? Well, it's not. Go ahead, Ron. I was just going to say, Santa Fe, Santa Fe is, um, you know, we, we sit at over 7,000 feet. Ah, okay. And so, you know, we've got a ski area 20 minutes from us, and we've got the desert 20 minutes the other direction. So we've got a very mild, we've got very mild seasons. Our winter has enough snow to be able to ski. Our spring has enough wind to blow you away. The summer <laughs> is just as, you know, hot as anywhere else, but it's dry hot. We don't have the humidity. So, you know, we get up into the... 
high 80s, early 90s, it's still mild relative to, you know, Phoenix. Florida, Texas, East Coast, <laughs> Phoenix. Yeah. yeah. Scottsdale's burning up right now. Yeah. Um, so, so and, and then our fall, the, the trees change color, and it's absolutely beautiful. It's the Vermont to the Southwest. And so uh, we really have, um, you know, it, it's an opportunity, especially during the summer where everybody else is too hot, um, to come to a little bit more mild climate. All right, great. Well, guys, the website, again, we're going to keep talking about this, but we're going to switch gears a little and uh, add somebody new to the conversation. It's HippicoSantaFe.com. Uh, Brian, we're going to drop you off. Thank you for joining us today. Appreciate it. Thanks, Thank you Brian. Thank very much. Guy, hold on. Uh, we have uh, Shandoa joining us, and uh, she is joining us to talk about one of the things that you talked a little bit about earlier was the ride and drive, and I thought that was such a fun class, and I really didn't know how it worked, but I saw the video and thought it was funny, and uh, I would sit and watch that. So I want to see the video. Where's the video? Uh, you, you can find them. Uh, I found them on YouTube, uh, just from people in the stands doing it. Shandoa, good morning. Thank you for joining oh, cool. us. Good morning. Thank you guys for having me. All right. So, Shanoa, explain to us what a ride and drive is. You've done it, right? Yeah, I did the... Well, they've had a few ride and drives at a couple other horse shows, but um, Santa Fe puts a little bit of a special spin on it. Um, So, basically, the riders jump a course as fast as they can while leaving the jumps up. Um, and then after we finish the course, we jump off the horse, hand our horse to the groom and run through basically an obstacle course. And it's different every year, but sometimes you have to jump a fence or on foot, or you have to, um, make a pool shot or a ping pong shot <laughs> and you try to do it in a fast, as fast as possible. And then you jump in a car driven by, um, usually a professional driver and it's a mini Cooper from our sponsors, um, Sandia BMW. And then they drive an obstacle course and the combined time, whoever has the fastest time wins. Okay. That's just hilarious. Number one and fun. And (laughs) if you've hung out in bars your entire life, you're going to be better at the middle part, I think. Um, so, (laughs) so now professional drivers, are we talking race car drivers? Um, sometimes, yeah, they had the actual, they actually had the Unser brothers really? there, um, last, uh, two years ago that drove and, um, okay. Were yeah, they just fun, laughing the entire time with giggling the entire time? <laughs> they must've been. They yeah, were, I mean, they the were, crowd's they were. definitely laughing, but <laughs> I would have to say that the riders oh are huffing and puffing because we're running <laughs> and it sounds like a bad day at the office. <laughs> It's, oh my god. We actually train for it a little bit. So you know, you'll actually see you riders have to, running right? and practicing their pool shots because it's a very serious competition. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's so funny. And to mesh it funny. all together <laughs> and under the time. Yeah, when, when exactly. the Unser brothers, that was that was a funny thing because you know they're they're kind of uh, they're from New Mexico. Al Unser um, he was an IndyCar driver and his brother Robbie Unser was sort of a they did like Pikes Peak. I don't know what you call that, like a rally car race. Yeah, they do rally and car. So yeah, were, yeah. And so they were in the. Um, they they were take, took turns driving the Mini Cooper, or I guess they had two there. And of course, it was really sort of funny because Al's blew up. He drove, drove it so hard, you know, he kind of <laughs> destroyed it basically. 
<laughs> so we had that we had that Christian Heineken who was in the car with him that time and, and so they, they asked, you know, the announcer asked Rob, uh, Al answer, well, you know, how long did that take to, you know, get him in the other car? We need to sort of handicap that and we'll take and so Al answer said just off the top of his head, Well, ten seconds, I don't know, you know, something like that. So they took ten seconds off of Christian's time where where he ended up beating this local girl that's uh, that's you know very very competitive, and she was so upset that you know can't be right. So anyway, we we had a whole controversy started by Al Unser, which <laughs> thought it was great fun. But you know we were back in the barns, you know, consult, consoling, consolidating, trying to figure out you know, arbitrating, putting money. We, we figured it out. <laughs> that is so funny. Yeah, you, now you're gonna have to get. I had a to rule call book. the FEI in to, to get a ruling. Like a jog. Of, yeah. yeah. <laughs> We had the stewards out there, everybody's trying to solve this problem. Oh, God. All started by one of the most famous racing families in the history of racing in the United States. (laughs) God, Al Unser has to be, he can't be young anymore. No, no, he's, I don't know. I mean, well, young, I mean, he's probably. He's got to be 80. My age. No, 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 that's his. This is Al Unser Jr. Ah, got it. Al yeah, oh, I was going to say Al Sr. must be up there. Oh, that's funny. Well, I think that's it's great. great. You know, I think. What? Well, let me ask you, as a writer, you know, or is this kind of stuff break up your your show? I mean, you know, you're riding a lot of horses, you're riding a lot of classes, and yeah, it's fun, but it does get tedious. I mean, when you're in the middle of a uh, five week, six week, or in Wellington's case, a thousand week run. Um, so, is it fun to do things like this? Oh, it's really fun. You know, it, it definitely breaks it up. It makes it more exciting. It's something um, that puts a little bit of a fun twist on something that becomes a little bit of a grind, like you said, sometimes. Um, but Santa Fe is kind of full of those types of touches, which makes it a really fun horse show to come to as a competitor. Um, because it's not just the Grand Prix and the normal classes that we have, the wiener races, we have things that are exciting we have to watch the wiener and enjoy races. too. <laughs> <laughs> so it's true. I'm like, yeah, they do all of those things. I mean, that's for sure. You could break it up and it, and it is, it ends up being so much more fun for, for everybody's spectators, but for sure, obviously the competitors, um, what, what are you all have planned for the future? You have other kind of things in the works, different additions, uh, we have expansion. A, we have an interesting competition this year. Um, that's the sister city challenge cup. And it's going to be um, kind of alongside San Miguel Allende in Mexico. We did a little partnership with them this year. And we're going to have a team competition, but it's going to be a head-to-head team competition, which I think is really fun for the crowd. Um, So the first, you have four people on each team, U.S. versus Mexico. And um, each rider, like the first rider of both teams, ride against each other instead of against the entire team. So you just have to do better than the person, the other first person on the other team. And if you do, then you win a point for your team. And so I think that's kind of an interesting spin, um, a lot easier for the audience to follow. Um, and something we kind of just started this year. That is smart. That is cool. Yeah. That's, that does make it a little bit easier. Right. And then we have the all in one. Go ahead. No, you go ahead. I I told him also (laughs) about the all in one, but you go ahead. Go ahead. Well, all-in-one's a nice thing, too, because um, we have 
you, you have the opportunity to show in a Grand Prix, but at your level. So it's open to anybody. It doesn't just have to be a top Grand Prix rider. You can do it at the meter level or the meter 10 level, which makes it really fun to compete against um, all the professionals and the amateurs together. Oh yeah. That always makes it fun. That is, that's a great, you, you got to have that aspect of it. Now, Shinoa, what's your favorite class or event that you all do? Oh, I mean, I have to say the ride and drive is really fun. I was my first year doing it <laughs> Sounds in fun. last year. And I have to say running, you know, you're like really getting competitive. So you're running as fast as you can in your boots. And you're just like, <laughs> I mean, I was, I, almost threw up after the class because I ran so hard. And then it's such an adrenaline rush to jump in that car after you're running and exhausted. And it was, oh it was pretty exciting. It was, um, it was really fun. Where did you say the location is for that class on the complex? Um, it's in the, it's in the Grand Prix ring, but we actually combine it through. So you have the Grand Prix ring and then you run through the VIP tent. <laughs> and then stop the bar on the, the way through. <laughs> yeah, you're required to down. I mean, that is going to oh, be. Oh, Emily, you need you need to unplug show. your mic, Em. Uh, oh, unplug and replug. So yeah, you so you stop at the bar on the way through. Is that required too? You have to like do three shots in the way through the uh, tent. That... I mean, I wish we could require that. But no, but <laughs> there's still time. The rules have. You know, been. Emily would be in if you did that. She would be. Dri- she would <laughs> be driving to Santa Fe with her horses. She'd be in. I want a last I question so. before we get to. Uh, one of the one of the people that actually rides uh, with you out of Texas, Happy Comley. We're going to talk to her in a minute, and she's had a lot of the same background that Emily did. Actually, I was just reading that. Um, but w- who are you drawing from? So we know that a lot of the East Coast people, where they are in New York and everywhere right now, or Kentucky or down at Tryon. So are you drawing from the middle of the country? Do you get people from everywhere? Where are you drawing from, guy? Well, I would say. You know, obviously the Southwest uh, is, you know, New Mexico, Colorado, um, Arizona would be a big draw for us. Texas by far is our, um, is our largest uh, customer, if you will, if you're going to divide them up by states. The Texans have been very good uh, to, to our horse run, very supportive. And we ha- what we have, we have our, uh, we have a committed, uh, competitors relation committee and that's made up of a lot of our competitors that have been coming to the horse show since day one and a lot of those are from texas and so maybe that has something to do it do with it and we really try to listen to them they tell us what what they think we ought to do for the horse show and what type of classes we ought to have and what divisions and it gets very particular into the prize list and the timing and the rings and when where they go and so we really try to listen to them, and that has really helped our horse show. So Texas is a big supporter. Uh, Colorado, obviously, is a big supporter because it's very close. So when, when the Colorado Summer Series or Summer Circuit ends, you know, it's a short drive for people to come down to Santa Fe. Um, we have a new manager this year, John McQueen, McQueen Productions, who does a lot in the Midwest. He's bringing a lot of Midwest barns um, this year. As we mentioned, we went to Mexico, did some marketing trips, so we're hoping to get a large contingency from Mexico and to make that one of our, our, uh, our main areas. And, you know, but we've had people from Louisiana, from the East coast, from Kentucky, um, Canada, um, Mexico, Argentina, we've, uh, we've had a, a broad range and I think Santa Fe is a big draw. Um, and people want to come check out something new. And a lot of people know, know me and, and my family and they know, uh, 
you know, that this is a horse show run by, by competitors and people who understand the horse business. So that should help. Um, one thing we're going to do next year and, uh, both you and Emily have asked about it. Um, we have, um, Derek Braun, who does split rock show jumping is going to do one of his split rock series in Santa Fe at the end of our horse show next year, which is an all FEI event, which is pretty exciting. We're wow. very excited about that. But that should, uh, that should change the face of the horse show a little bit too. So that's, um, something that, uh, that we're going to announce this year during the summer circuit, although we've already put all the paperwork in place. So very excited about that. And anyway, that's all right. Sounds good. Well, we're, we're going to have to wrap here. We're running out of time. We're going to get our next guest on here. Happy's going to be joining us, but I wanted to remind everybody that you can find it at hippicosantafe.com. Thank you both for joining us. Really appreciate it and have fun this summer. Thank you guys. Thank you. Thank you, thank you guys. Much. Talk to you soon. Good luck. All right. Emily, thank you, you, thank, you, thank, you, thank you guys. So, uh, Emily, you need to check your mic settings. I knew. Uh, I'm trying to find my <laughs> mic settings. <laughs> you said, like, it's so easy for somebody that rides horses. <laughs> Same thing you did earlier to... today. Um, <laughs> if, you, if you can. <laughs> so, um, can we please cut that out now, Mike? Can we just cut that out and keep it? <laughs> you make it sound so easy. <laughs> I mean, good Lord. You want the inside line? <laughs> yeah, there we go. Let's like tell, say, say, hey, Glenn, go down and go down and do that five stride line in, in six, please. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Same level of difficulty. <laughs> Unfortunately, with Max, the, we... when the Macs are plugged in, um, it uh, about after an hour, an hour and a half, the mics start getting scratchy, like you heard with Emily, and we have to unplug them and replug them. It's just, I don't, every Mac works the same. I, we don't know why. What? Hey, Glenn, it's a mystery. Why, why don't we take a little quick uh, three-minute musical break and give Emily a chance to get her computer up and running, and then we'll chat with Happy. I would, except I don't have a song ready. So um, there's Sing that. one. <laughs> Poor preparation, Glenn. <laughs> Poor preparation. All right, let's. Uh, while Emily is playing with that, we can start uh, talking to our next guest. I have Happy Calmly on here, and of course, the first question that we have for a professional rider out of the great state of Texas is, "How did you get the name Happy?" <laughs> Morning, guys. Morning. Um, actually, <laughs> uh, my parents are just really happy to have me. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> Perfect answer. So that is like your real name? Well, they, they've never called me anything different. My little sister's name is actually Sunny. So, um, um, and they're not hippies. They're, they're <laughs> <laughs> I get asked that all the time. Your parents must have been real flower power kids. But no, they're, they just were real, real happy to have kids. <laughs> Well, that's no. terrific. I love that. You sound great, Emily. You're you're back. Okay, on we're track. back. Yep. Those are good names, Happy and Sunny. I love it. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. And Happy. Sure. I, I love it, Dave. You started riding when you were you were tiny. You've been in the saddle since you were like three years old and doing the circuit at uh, like six years old. So you've been doing this a long time. Yes, sir. And you, like Emily, went to Germany and did your two year certification over there. Yes, sir, I did. Absolutely. Where were That's you? That's so great. Yeah, How did we? you feel about uh, going over and doing that coming out of the uh, American system? 
Oh boy. <laughs> well, it's quite an eye opener. And I wasn't, um, <laughs> the plan in life wasn't really to become a horse trainer. Um, I actually went to college and, um, majored in political science and philosophy. So law school seemed like it was a, a good route for me, but I got a, my parents gave me a year off after college because I graduated pretty young. And, um, I got, I had always wanted to go just ride in Germany, like, just learn from the best um, and understand. I wasn't a great amateur, <laughs> junior amateur rider. I was just, a, you know, mediocre. Um, and uh, my one year off turned into three. <laughs> so wow. Um, I it was it was just totally, absolutely like afterwards, like going through the um, theory, like sitting in a classroom and learning about horsemanship training horses feeding holding veterinary business law everything involving horses on on the book level <laughs> in words and then at the same time going into the, to the barn and um you know getting it backed up by actions and learning from the masters basically it was like I didn't know what I was doing for <laughs> 90% of my my riding career until had you done any dressage uh, before you went? No, I, I, I had not. Yeah. Uh, I just, I did the same thing. I knew my flat work. (laughs) Yeah. That's, Um, you know, you you have to know it to jump for sure. But, uh, it was, I had the same experience. I went, uh, uh, through Vecta, but yes, it's, it was shocking, but so great. It really does change your foundation and, uh, just gives you all the tools to be able to, to handle, the horse sport in this country because they really don't. Okay. They have the certification program, but I think if we can't have something like that here, it's such a great thing to have the kids fly over or any young aspiring professionals. Don't you think to, to run through the courses? Oh, absolutely. It's, it's, uh, it's eye opening and it <laughs> had so many light bulb. Aha moments. Yeah. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Wish I had known that a lot earlier. <laughs> That's great. That's great. So when you came home, then did you, how did you proceed? Did you jump right in and get back doing horses professionally? Um, so I, obviously I wasn't a professional before I was just, um, just an amateur out of college. And, um, so actually I, I was, I had a job lined up in Germany, um, at, um, a pretty big, like, um, breeding farm and, uh, I just came back for a friend's wedding and I got uh, a call from a friend of mine, um, Christian Rogi, that another German guy, Christian Heineking really, really needed help and assistant. Cause he had like 30 horses and was, you know, riding them all by himself. So, um, I went out, drove out to Dallas and did a little interview with him. Um, and, uh, <laughs> stayed in Texas, <laughs> never went back over. Never went back. I mean, it sounds like it's really worked out for you. You've been quite successful in building a, a business. Um, I did look at your bio. Uh, you all can can see uh, Happy's page here. Happy Calmly. My browser's cutting off. Uh, sporthorses.com. Yeah, happycalmlysporthorses.com. Uh, and, and you can see her bio and all the, the great things that you've achieved here. I mean, in a pretty short, short period of time. And then you had a, uh, quite a proper business. It sounds like to get on the road and, and get out showing, which is your affiliation with, uh, Hippico Santa Fe. You've been out there showing, it sounds like on the cover of the prize list. I actually read from last year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 
Gosh, they, they got a beautiful picture of my sister's horse, Balthazar and I, with um, we won a $30,000 um, Grand Prix uh, two years ago there. And they, they just got an amazing, amazing shot of, well, that horse is beautiful and he knows it. <laughs> he He's a bay with a white blaze and four white socks and is just, you know, straight out of a, a magazine, Dover magazine. <laughs> so uh, it was it was pretty awesome to to see that when we got the prize list last year. Oh, that's great! That's awesome. Well, and you uh, you've been quite successful in the hunters and jumpers, which not all young professionals are these days. I think that's great. Did you find that your uh, time in Europe helped you with your hunters? Probably at least the flat work and development. Oh. For sure. Yeah. For sure. I don't treat my hunters any different at home or, you know, necessarily at the shows. I don't work them any different than I do the jumpers. The flat work is still key. Um, it's just, oh, just a little, little revised, you know, but it's but the rest of it is still comes to into play all the time. Um, yeah. The foundation. Hard to, well, hard to well, sometimes transfer to other, you know, to my students that it's not a, from jumpers to hunters. Yeah, always. which is so hard in the U.S. because it is like just everyone wants to address it like apples and oranges, but it really, they're, now that those derbies are so technical and big and it's oh, like, you know. And I love it. I love that they yeah. do that. Yeah, Ooh, that is thrilling. great. I love riding the derbies. Those are probably my favorite hunter classes. They're handy rounds. Like, I don't have to ride in a straight line for too many oh, sides. I know. <laughs> I, know. I hear you. So you, so you've been going to Hippico Santa Fe. Tell us about your experience and kind of what, what, how, how, I know you've been to so many different horse shows and obviously over in Europe, what is unique about this horse show? What do you think makes it special and, and is going to make it continue to grow here? Oh my gosh, I say I'm their biggest fan. <laughs> Literally I have everything that Hippico logo, Santa Fe, um, all of my, all of my stuff. I love it. Um, you know, that it's really an atmosphere. So seriously, it's gorgeous there. Beautiful, beautiful property, beautiful area. I love Santa Fe just in general. They kind of have my vibe for things. But um they they it, you're not just a number there, you're not just like, you know, another horse tra- you know, just another horse trainer and a client's like, Okay, and they're happy to see you and you might get a, you know, oh thanks for coming out. They're very much like they want to they want to interact with you, the management, the owners, the the other trainers and I, <laughs> we absolutely have a blast, like, the entire time. The clients have a blast. Um, through, I mean, they have all these special classes. Um, I think you guys already talked about the ride and drive a little bit. Yep. Um, yep. But they bring actual, actual race car drivers out there with these Mini Coopers and <laughs> sling us around in the car do an obstacle course in a um in a jumper ring on the side. Um just totally thrilling to watch. The VIP tent, you're running through the VIP tent to get from horse arena to the to the other ring where the race car driver like you jump in, throw you in there with the helmet on. <laughs> oh my god. It's pretty neat. Like, oh. I've never seen anything like it. I know, I wanna try it. I wanna see it. I have to pull up the YouTube. Do you think uh, they have video? a celebrity division we can throw Emily in? Um, and I'll drive her. That'll even be better. Yes. Do we have exactly. to leave any of the jumps up by the time I'm done? Or can I take them all out? Uh, <laughs> oh, 
points. Honestly, <laughs> this was the one the one issue with them having race car drivers. It might make it more interesting if you're driving. They didn't knock any codes down. They were just that good. <laughs> they, were, they were too <laughs> they good. They never made any penalties. <laughs> wow. All right. That's we're, so much fun. We're running out of time. Happy, thank you for joining us. It's happily, happycomlysporthorses.com is where you can find her website. And then, of course, as we said, you can find the show's website at hippocosantafe.com. Thank you so much for joining us and uh, have fun this season. Thank you, Happy. No Thank you so much for having us. Have a great day. All right, Good bye. luck. Thanks. That's well, there we I go. I can't wait to see that class. I'm getting. A, I'm gonna get this video. I'm gonna start preparing. Well, you know, this I one may of not the reasons, bring horses, but I may go for this class. One of the reasons Emily and I wanted to highlight this is it's been our mantra all along that, and 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 we're seeing it now in Wellington that they're doing things to attract mainstream audience um, out to the shows. And it's working there. It's working in Wellington. I think it's working in in Socrates a bit. And, you know, you know, Tryon now starting to get some locals coming out because they're doing different things. And I, you know, Polo gets people out and but let's face it, a lot of people don't want to come out and watch uh, round after round after round 50 rounds of jumping. It's just not exciting for non-horse people after about the 10th round i don't even want to watch 50 rounds exactly like that's part of it there needs to be a qualifier people so that we don't sit these spectators who know nothing about horses through 150 trips well and it's too much and that's why breaking it up with dog race and doing those things that really make it fun and you know they're doing art fairs they're doing all kinds of different food festivals they're doing uh food trucks those are the kinds of things i've been saying for years that racetracks need to do that one of the things about going to a racetrack and i love going to watch racing it's the 20 minutes in between each race that nothing happens and you know that's the part that i always felt at racetracks that they were falling down on the red mile in lexington kentucky did a great job of entertaining people between races and i think that that's racetracks are starting to figure that out now too and i think if we want to hang around and we want mainstream audience we have to do that and Uh, we have to have mainstream audience yep and, you know, I think, you know, Rolex does that well. They have all kinds of different things going on. And it's why 50,000 people show up. You know, it's right. it's why it's one well, of the biggest the, events in the anytime, country. Yeah, it's, it's Land Rover, Glenn. Land Rover. I'm sorry. And what, it's such an, it's, it's when you go to, when you go to Land Rover, every time you walk past the Land Rover experience part, which is where you get to drive a Land Rover vehicle over a cool little obstacle course. Oh, yeah. There's a line to hang an hour long to get to do that. That that tells you that people really want something in addition to the horses to do. Oh, so, for sure. And then there's there's, there's yeah, the family. Yeah. Like, even if the daughter rides, what about dad? Like, That's right. Exactly. What a nightmare. Bring the whole family along. Yeah. Instead of sending just the horse person in the family, you get the whole family there. You've quadrupled your ticket sales right there just by doing Absolutely. that. Absolutely. Yep. They need to start making nail salons at horse shows, things like that. <laughs> Oh my God. Like a spa. You know? Yeah, and they could paint little horsies on your fingernails. I had See? this other idea. They should have like a sports bar. And the dads I check in. They have, should have a buzzer. I have said for years tempos. that I need to rent a tent at Rolex, put nothing but TVs all around, and make it the horse husband's hangout. Yes. Uh, and. S- and then people, so my other idea we can add on to that is you give them a buzzer that coordinates to when their rider is showing. 
Oh, perfect. So like when you get the restaurant, so you can sit Just at the sports the bar. You go to the restaurant, you get the little we could, absolutely. That would yeah. easy. We could Daughter's do it in an app, a text app. message app. So there. they get texted yeah, 15 texting. minutes ahead, and uh, they get a text. It's automated, and they can Finish go out. Beer, or or if they're, yeah, if they're truly lazy, they can just watch it on the TV and continue drinking their beer, one or the yes, other. Yeah. <laughs> which is all appropriate. I think we could make a fortune, Emily. I think we should do this. I'm ready. Yep, all right. Ready. All right. You guys ready, ready to answer some questions, and we'll wrap this jumping episode up. But before we do that, what is going on with that sequestrian? As Equestrian is staying busy, we had a couple exciting things happen this summer. Um, I don't know. Not everybody travels up to Saugerties. It's a huge show complex. They've got the Million Dollar Grand Prix. Lots of fantastic things all summer. Gosh, I think they have nine or ten weeks now. Um, but they have a big vendor row, as with most big complexes, and a permanent structure, which used to be Bevel's, uh, which, you know, t- turning of the... Of the times here, Bevels is no longer the going to be there. And Rauschenbach really? Tax Shop, Rauschenbach Tax Shop, yes, yes, Bevels is gone. It's not there. They they do have their brick and mortar and a couple other things. You know, their their flagship store in New Jersey, but they will not have their permanent location there at Saugerties, which is mm-hmm. a huge uh, huge change. Um, and there are not any other huge tax store locations there. They've got little ones on the vendor row, but if anyone's been there or seen photos, the Bevels. The Bevel's building was quite large, but uh, but Monica Rauschenbach took that over and is going to be showcasing S there. So you can get your custom jackets oh, and shirts and everything. Yeah, they're just setting it up. We'll start posting things on Facebook. It's very cool to watch because it's a big, beautiful space. She's got like a nice little patio and, you know, a little bar area. And she's very much into entertaining. She does a great job with her tax store. And they're online as well, Rauschenbach tax, tax store. Um, but yeah, that's really cool. I'm really excited to see where that goes because we, we sell a lot. We sell through Dover. We sell through our website as equestrianco.com. It's ECE equestrian. Um, but because I saw do a lot of different smaller vendors, we don't always come in and, or not smaller vendors, but we're one of many brands at a vendor, you know, say Dover, you know, we don't have a, a centerfold spread, you know, we're one of many, many brands, but in this situation, she's a pretty large tax store and it's done quite well. And we're really showcased. So it's really exciting for our brand to have a place on grounds with a big, um, display that people can really come in and preview the line. I think that's going to be really good for us. And other than that, custom orders, uh, it's summer now. So the college, uh, NCAA and, and IHSA teams are starting to try to get their their team shirts in, which we do the college logo on the inside of the collar. Uh, those are super fun. So you can even contact your school uh, and see if their riding team is ordering them and get in on their order because they're they're actually quite large numbers. And so the prices end up being different if you uh, better if you are you know went to school there. I guess you could get anyone's shirt. I mean, what would stop you from being like, I want a Colgate shirt and like call Colgate and try to get it on the, on the order. I guess you could do whatever you want, but those are fun. So we're excited about what's been happening this year. And, uh, our website is pretty streamlined right now. So y'all can check that out too. as equestrianco.com jackets, shirts, there's little promo codes here and there discounts. So keep an eye out for those. Very good. Well, here's some listener questions. We have a couple that we hoping that you could tackle today if you're up for it. Um, Ready, my favorite. Stephanie says, how to teach them not to hang their front legs? And then Kelly had a follow-up to that. Love this question. I actually have a horse that hangs only one leg. It isn't really a hang, but it's a little lazy and getting it up there fast enough. Yeah, I mean, for a variety of, of Welcome reasons. Welcome to jumping. We'll <laughs> 
I, yeah, <laughs> like that, that's actually the problem. That is the problem. Uh, you know, they're all to one degree or another and you can have different reasons, reasons. Maybe you have a horse that has a tight shoulder. It depends on your horse. You know, you need to know your horse and, and it's sort of a general, you know, issue with a lot of different reasons behind it, but you knowing your horse can, can establish a f- few different things. Is the horse maybe sore on that side, a little stiff maybe, um, which some of them are, and you can do those stretches. People like to pull the shoulders out and do the, the neck stretching and all of that, because there's a lot of tightness that goes up the scapula up towards the wither. And when you can feel it, when the, when you have a horse with a tight shoulder, you touch there and, and it's hard, you know, they get tight. So you can stretch them out. A lot of suppling exercises. Then from there, you want to condition the shoulder to evenly move forward. So, raise eventually raised cavaletti trot poles a little longer are nice you could start low and short and then go bigger maybe one at a time a raised and then a little bit wider so you're really encouraging that swinging motion in the shoulder and i know i'm always saying it with the trot jumps but that's the next progression for that is to do a trot um pole trot two trot poles rather like you just built on the with just the trot pole exercise and then a cross rail and then if you want to eventually do an ox or something at the end but while the horse getting the horse comfortable slowly you want to take a medium uh distance approach and then you can start moving it out a little bit uh so they're not rushing the first time you don't want to make it super wide super long because the horse is like whoa you know and then they're they'll probably hang both shoulders or one or whatever but just slowly move it out so when you have a horse who tends to hang their front end a little bit, you don't go immediately to short distances and verticals to get his snap his knees up. First, you need to make sure the horse is limber and fit. And then it's a step-by-step. You don't just go, well, I'm sorry. He needs to pick his front legs up higher. You need right. to go back a little yeah. bit and find the cause of, okay, um, he's got stiffness in his right shoulder because he's got a knot behind his shoulder blade. So let's do some physio with him and do some lengthening and shortening work with him over smaller fences. So we're not wearing out his legs. And then once we've got that down pat and we're really athletic and confident there, then we can move to the next step. Yeah, exactly. And then, uh, you know, the other thing to evaluate too is how the horse is in the mouth. If you're a little bit heavy handed on one side or, or maybe protecting, and maybe that's the reason why. Oh, uh, yeah, that's they can interesting. Be there. Yeah. Or good. And then the, the guiding lanes are nice on either side. And then um, kind of the other thing is how scopey the horse is, because sometimes maybe, they. Yeah. It's like you're saying, you just, all right, come on now, put that vertical up. And that's for like my older jumpers. You're like, put that up six holes. You're just like, stop it. Pick your knees up, back up. (laughs) You know, you Mm want to just solve it. And they're Mm -hmm. at a place in their lives that they're like, oh yeah, that's right. Okay. I got to rock back. But when they're young and green and you're just uh, conditioning that way, I would definitely start slow and and you want them to be comfortable Mm -hmm. and take the time because if they don't have a ton of scope too, they are going to go quickly over the jump and they're going to just try to jump up body high and. Could this and maybe be, the, oh yeah okay gotcha so if if they are limited in natural genetic capability they're going to have a tendency to just jump higher over the fence so that because their legs are just not designed to fold up really tight yeah or they just don't know or yeah. they just don't have the the correct beginning instincts but it doesn't mean they can't yeah. learn and you can't teach them but you go slow right. and it's it's suppling it's thinking more you know yoga pilates stretching and less yeah 
you know, the pressure. Flat work. <gasps> oh, no! Flat work. Exactly. <laughs> Straightness and balance. Well, I was just going to ask, is it, can this, uh, what the one in particular, I hate to do this to you, Kelly, but the one in particular where we have one leg that's hanging, can it also be a rider balance issue? Definitely. It's a, it's a, it's probably a balance issue um, on one way or another. And, and yes, because, and the balance in the mouth too, because a, a rider that say turns their right toe out and they clamp with the right leg, they're pushing the horse left. And then they're like, well, this horse is going left. And then they want to take on the right rein, which they're right. The horse is going left, but they're, they're maybe pushing it left. And we're all guilty of that. When the jumps get big, you know, I have to really stay focused on, on me staying straight because my horses are all very sensitive and, and I can manipulate a swing of the hips or something that I don't mean to. Um, but yes, for sure, the rider balances a lot. And that's why I think it's really nice to build those little trot poles and a little trot gymnastic grid because you can put guiding poles on either side, the left to the right to channel the horse straight. And then you can think straight and you don't have to actually ride the horse straight through from the mouth or really interfere too much with the mouth. You can really just get back to basics and see who's it coming from. Can it be straight? If we remove, you know, all of the kind of riding, driving aids, once you're in that gymnastic shoot, you should be able to have both toes in the same direction, heels down, seat bones in the same pressure, soft hand, and you can evaluate it that way. But I would for sure start with those trot poles and see. And you can see with your balance at trot poles if you're getting funky or doing like the washing machine with your hips, you know, over the poles and stuff. They feel all that, and, especially groomers. And let's not forget to have somebody video you and you watch it back. Yes. Yeah. Videoing is super. You're like, now they have all those drones. I hear people talking about, well, I have the drone that follows you around. I've heard multiple people say that. I don't even understand. So they, I guess they follow the drone, follows them around the ring, and then they watch themselves on video. Mm-hmm. So that's an option. You don't have a drone following you around yet, Emily? <laughs> I know. Like, dude, I could <laughs> barely change my settings on my microphone. What are you yeah. talking about? Yeah, I was thinking oh. of that. I think this thing would be crashing <laughs> when, into your I head. Just come up with a, 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 a way to exercise scooter. This would be crashing into your head. The drone would come down and yeah, cut your we're horse's gonna, tail gonna, off. I would be, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're going to attach a plastic bag to the drone, and we're going to put it at about scooter's wither height, and we're going to chase the little bugger around the field. He'll get plenty of exercise. <laughs> Send him on his way. Yeah, really. It's a new form of lunging. Oh, my yeah. God. So funny. All right. Time for one more quick. By the way, I highly don't advise you to getting anything as technical as a drone, Emily. I really don't. No, I, don't. I could oh, never. Please. <laughs> like, yeah. We all know. I picture disaster in that. Um, <laughs> Kelly also asked, what are some good exercises for reaction time with your horse, specifically for jumpers, being able to come back quickly in a short line from over to vertical, and then moving back up to the longer line with a wide over at the end. Anything we can do with ground poles or smaller jumps. I help my trainer with my jumper, and he and he now rides in the larger classes. That make any sense to you? Yeah, okay. it, the, it's all about balance, you know, because it, you've got all kind of questions to answer on course, and so your job is you're trying to condition and train your horse to be supple to respond obviously in a moment's notice to a collection or an extension but it's got to be in the correct balance and as we were saying with the crookedness and the shoulder dumping if you get too much in the mouth or you are getting too strong with one aid or another you interfere with the suppleness and the gait and all of it um, so I'd love to do the poles uh, at various distances so for example if you want to uh, train 
the vertical and then you want to have a, col- a little bit of a collection into the corner and then a move up to an oxer, you can have your vertical and then walk off, you know, four normal strides. Uh, not too many strides because you want to have it really in relation to that jump that you just jumped and you just put a pole on the ground. And so you're landing and you're seeking that four. And then you can sit up and collect and hit another pole. And then maybe it's a, you know, a little bit of a, a snugger four or, or a snugger five to an oxer or vice versa. There's all different questions that you have to answer on course. They're all valid. So you build those scenarios and the poles really, they really give a, a moment where the collection or, or uh, allowing, maybe not an extension, but allowing of the gallop should happen by. It's like a deadline. You know, there's only so many strides. And the horse, maybe the first time, they're like, ah, you know, why are you pulling on my mouth? And they trip and stumble over the pole. And then they're like, ooh, okay, well, maybe those two things go together. So then they come back and jump and you sit up and ask again. And they say, ooh, you know, let me sit back and wait. But you give them... Uh, it's another way to to communicate with them rather than just riding on the mouth and riding on the seat and the hand and 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 so strong. I think all those little pole work exercises and you can just do it with plain poles. Like yes, with the jumping reaction time is is great when you have the jumps, but Cavaletti courses at various distances or deciding to do a five or six or seven or it's all valid and and the little speed bumps help correct your horse's balance if you get there too far forward, which is always the problem. Obviously, if they're sucking back, that's a problem, but we like them to be back, obviously, on on the hind end. So where there becomes a problem is when they're going on the forehand, and then you meet your obstacle, and, excuse me, you're either too long or too short. It never quite comes up right when the balance is off. But those poles and Cavaletti, that's the way to do it, low impact and repetition. Um, uh, Patricia asked, I just got this one in, um, what are related distances and how do I work them out? I've just started jumping bigger classes and realize I can't leave it to my horse anymore. Um, actually, it's so funny that she says that because Jennifer's going to, I wanted to remind everybody, Jen, we're going to be off tomorrow. Tomorrow is the 4th, so we're going to put up a best of. And then we have the driving episode Thursday. And Jennifer and Mo are going to give their full report on doing two days of ranch work in New Mexico. And mm-hmm. pretty much, Jennifer, you said, I left it to my horse. Because when you're doing cow work, you don't get in their way. They know what they're doing. But when you're when you're getting yeah. up to the bigger ones, yeah, when you're getting up to the bigger classes <laughs> and jumping, I think Emily actually does something when she's doing those bigger classes. So yeah, you have yeah. to, and and that's where it falls apart. I mean, obviously, the older horses get smart and they start making some, you know, helping make decisions and and getting sharper, but. But you do, and it really depends on your horse, and that's why all those pole work and Cavaletti exercises incorporating with the jumps probably if with a higher-level horse is so important because you can get your own feel. You know, like I, I ride so many horses each day, and if I jump the same course 10 times, like every horse comes to the outside five different because they're different, but the footage is the same. It's a 12-foot canter stride. Sometimes they're setting it short or a little bit long, and so you start just negotiating those experiences, those balance shifts at home and you're training and then you feel it. So, you know, when you walk it, you got to get your walking correct, uh, your footage correct that you're actually walking, you know, 12 foot canter strides in your lines at the horse show. And then you can do, you know, the math sort of, if you will yourself and say, well, for my horse, like my big 18 hand horse with the crazy hind end, like, I mean, I better not move up to anything ever. Like I'll bounce a two stride and then I've got another horse that I have to like just let loose and gallop because it's a medium to small stride, same course, different ride, but same footage, same objective. 
So it really does depend on your horse, but it's that schooling, just like the original question about uh, getting sharper on the balance adjustment. But yeah, you can't just leave it up to them. And that's where those related distances become very important. So important. And your eye will adjust a little bit to the bigger jumps versus say Cavaletti school, but it's the same balance. Like you'll feel it. And if you're too far pitched forward, your horse is going to kind of stub their toes and pop over it or three-legged it because it's small. Whereas, hey, if it's 140, they're probably going to stop. So you you still have to be sensitive and pick up on those things, those subtle balance shifts. But but you do when the jumps get bigger, you you do need to be an active participant, balance and stride management. Jennifer's over there sitting, going, "How's what? Glenn, what happened to Glenn? I've been taking private lessons with Emily when you weren't around. <laughs> He's got like all the good show jumping questions. He's got it. He's got it. I mean, I'm all for doing the cutting horses. The, I think that the, you do just kind of let them do their job, right? They know their job. I see all those videos of them cutting cattle with no rider. And I, I will expound upon that in on Friday, but it's a little bit like when the when with live cows or with pre- the the flag was just sort of the cow standing um whenever you have a horse and you uh, you make an approach to a fence you can feel when the horse locks onto the fence mm-hmm. you can feel them going up oh, i know where i'm at um you can really tell on cross-country courses because the horses learn about what the red, red and white flag means and you can feel them lock on to it yeah um, you hope they lock horses on. working yeah. You hope they lock like, on, Oh, right? good God! But, I knew she was going to point me at that one. <laughs> yeah, with with cow horses, when they lock on to the cow, if that's the cow you want them to lock on, hold on for dear life. That's so nuts. If it's not the cow you want them to lock on, you best better let them know right now. <laughs> <laughs> they got a tractor beam. They're going in. So nuts! It is if it's so the different. wrong one. Again, you might be getting that one anyway. (laughs) Oh, my God. Isn't it funny, though? Here we're talking about two completely different things. We're talking about two completely different things, same animal, and they have kind of the same reactions to their job. Yeah. Yes. Right? Yep. There's a goal there. Good ones, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I mean. They do know their jobs. Yeah. Interesting. I've got to try that one day. It's fascinating to me. Everybody should try cow work at least once. Yeah. Oh my gosh, it's hilarious. Because let's face it, that's what it's fun. That's what we used them for. (laughs) You know, if they weren't a carriage horse, they were used on a ranch someplace, right? So yeah, exactly. Yeah, Yeah. ranch, carriage, or plow. Yeah. So uh, yeah, it'll be fun. We'll have to we'll have to do a dude trip sometime. We'll sponsor a dude trip, and we'll. They don't do a cruise like that. Yeah, we looked for one last year. We couldn't find <laughs> one. A dude wrap cruise. It all together? You know, the dude cruises we right. found were a completely different thing, Emily. Completely different. Okay, thing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, let's, we'll regroup on that. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's the next thing that Carnival right Cruises is going to put on their ships: a uh, an, a riding arena. A riding arena. Yeah. Next thing they put on. They're, yeah. they're going to get. They're going to get rid of the ice skating arena, and they're going to put <laughs> sand in there. It, it, it's yeah, going to be great because you'll you see wouldn't. the wa- horses up on at the bar on deck, you know, getting a drink. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. All right, let's wrap it up. We're getting silly. So thank you, everybody, for joining us. <laughs> Where can people find Ask Equestrian again? Ask Equestrian, that's E-C-E-Equestrianco.com. 
And we, uh, you can find all Emily's past episodes. Just go to horsesinthemorning.com, scroll down to the middle of the page, and you're going to see a little banner for jumping. Click on that, and it'll bring you to all the past episodes. And we've done probably 100 different jumping tips over the years that Emily's been doing this. And, Emily, I'm so glad you're, you sound great today. This is probably the best oh, I've heard you, you sound in a long time, actually. Yeah, and I, and I feel that way. I was a little, ooh, wasn't so sure the last few days because the heat got to me, and I had like a nine-horse trial, and I like rode them all back to back to back to back to back jumping but yeah no i i think i'm on the mend you got to be careful you know take it serious drink water got to take care of yourself with these kind of injuries your you can't helmet. just tough all it out the time. All always, the time always yep. always well no, thank- i'm happy to be back i missed y'all well, we'll be. Uh, she'll be back again next month, hopefully. Fingers crossed. Uh, she is here yeah. the first Tuesday of every month, and we will be back here on Thursday with the driving episode. Wendy and I will be here, and then Jamie will be back on Friday. Get your ads in to Jennifer at horseradionetwork.com for really bad ads, and we'll talk to you all in a couple of days. Tomorrow we'll have the best stuff for you, so there'll be a show coming out on the feed, but not live. Thanks a bunch, Em. Talk to you soon, guys.